Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 388 of the Juicebox podcast. Today, I'm going to let you listen in on a conversation that I had with Tori. She's the mother of two kids. Both of them are very tiny. One of them has diabetes. And here's the thing about Tori. And she doesn't know this, so this is going to come as a surprise to her. Almost every day on Instagram, Tori shares one of her son's Dexcom graphs with me. And she's gotten so good at managing his diabetes that his graphs sort of help me believe that the podcast works. So while it's possible that I might be your cheerleader, the one who's telling you, you can do it, like, go ahead, try something. Tori's sort of mine. It's the interaction that she provides and honestly, that all of you provide that help me believe that the podcast is valuable. It's not an echo chamber if somebody's talking back. I always very much appreciate seeing Tori's message, and uh, I don't think I've ever told her that. So, Tori, thank you. And people should follow Tori. She's Tori Tackles 2 on Instagram. She's got some cute kids. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. This episode of the Juicebox podcast is brought to you by the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter. You're going to want to go to contournext.com forward slash juice box to check out the meter that Arden loves, that I love. We all love it. It's the bomb diggity. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Have you ever considered supporting people with type 1 diabetes by lending your information to research? Super simple to do at t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. It's a quick and easy from your home, right there on your phone, simple way to advance diabetes research and support the podcast. I'll tell you a little more about it later in the show. My name is Tori, and I have two kids, and my toddler is a type 1 diabetic. Okay. Um, the toddler's how old? He is 21 months on March 2nd. Okay. We're not going to use his name, so we're just going to... Okay. Uh, we can, if you want. I just I felt like you weren't. Oh, no. His name is Jax. Oh, all right. Never mind then, everybody. Jax <laughs> is a toddler, uh, 21 months old? Yes. And he has had type 1 for how long? He has had type 1... Do the math for me. I think nine months. Um, he was diagnosed uh, in May, right before he turned one, a week before his birthday. May 2019. Yes. Okay. What, 20, yes. Ha, go ahead. You ready? Is it 2019 or 2018? You're right. 2019. He was <laughs> born June 2018. Just last year. Okay. Yeah. Um. So we know each other because of Instagram. Yes. I actually came across your podcast because the the night that he was diagnosed, uh, we'll go into the whole diagnosis story whenever, but um, I was sitting there crying in the hospital room and I Someone told me to join a Facebook group. I posted in there, what should I expect going into this with a baby with mm -hmm. diabetes? And someone mentioned to 
follow your podcast. So literally day one, I found your podcast and it was actually quite funny how the training differed from what you were saying. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting there like with two totally different uh, rules, I suppose, of how to do things. And I was like, this is so confusing. (laughs) Was it, was it, was it scary or confusing or like, what did you think in the, in the, in those first moments? Well, at first I wanted to go with what the hospital was saying, because I was like, well, his kid's 15 now. Um, yeah, she, you know, was diagnosed really young, but at, you know, he's, he's a baby. Like I can't pre bolus. That's nuts. Also, I'm a stranger on a podcast. Listen, yeah. real quick before you go anywhere, um, is there a fan running behind you or anything that's noisy? I can move. I think the air conditioner just kicked on. Yeah, you're not allowed to be comfortable while we're doing this. Can you hear me better now? Did the fan stop running on the air conditioner? If so, try speaking. Okay, well, we need, you're wearing some sort of noise-canceling headphones, so when you don't speak, I don't hear anything, so I'm going to have to wait till you're into a sentence to know for sure. Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah, no, I, I've been able to hear you the whole time, just there was a noise behind you, so we're going to see if it's going away or not. I wanted to listen to the hospital telling me what to do, first and foremost, because they saw the kid, they were listening to our day-to-day lives, and I was like, well, this is, this is the hospital they deal with this every single day and I'm just going to go with what they're telling me for the first little bit. And we didn't have a Dexcom yet, obviously. So, um, I was doing the whole letting him eat, subtracting what he didn't eat and then giving him his insulin. And then, um, when we got the Dexcom, I saw how off it really was. Tori, listen, the sound's still there, and I really want to talk to you without okay. without it being yeah. bad. So Is all this going to get edited out? <laughs> it's hard to know. <laughs> Depends when I listen back to it, what I find interesting. So let's figure out what's going on. Um, what kind of headphones are you using? Apple. Are you? Are they wired or wireless? Wired. Okay. Um, you're on your phone. Is your phone on Wi-Fi? Yes. Okay. Uh, are you near any other cell phones or stuff like that? No. Okay. Um, were you in a room with the door closed? Yes. Are you still there? No, I moved into a bedroom. Okay. With nothing on. Because you sound better now. So it's interesting. Okay. Awesome. I don't know why. Cool. All right. So, <laughs> so I'll recap and we'll keep rolling. So you're in the hospital, you, you go on Facebook to ask for people's just opinion of like, what should I expect? I've got this little baby who's got type 1 diabetes all of a sudden. You're a younger mom too, is that right? Yes. Um, I'm 28. Oh, I was trying to make you younger and you, you were like, <laughs> not really, 28. You should have been like, 100% I'm a young mom, I'm 28. <laughs> so, um, but, but, so, but your first baby. And well, yeah. by the way, you look younger, so congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> um. <laughs> And so you get conflicting information right away. There's a guy yeah. talking to you through your Apple headphones that's saying one thing, the hospital's saying another thing. Initially, you think maybe the difference lies in the ages. His daughter's 15, mm-hmm. my kid's almost a larva still. This is probably the difference. But what did you find moving forward? Well, so we get the Dexcom after three weeks, and... Um, and they really rushed it because we had a trip to go to Seattle that we had planned like six months ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And so, and we live in Atlanta. So 
I was like, oh my God, we're going to be traveling on a plane across the country with a diabetic baby. Like, I don't, I don't know. Wait, <laughs> no, Tor, I need that Dexcom. Tori, you live in Atlanta? Yes. Am I seeing you in two days? You are. Oh. I'll have the newborn with me. Oh, that'll be lovely. This is, yes. I, this has never happened to me before. I feel like I'm going to yeah. be extra polite to you now, but okay. Go <laughs> but yeah. And so with all this, I'm also 20 weeks pregnant when he's diagnosed. So, um, I was very emotionally unstable and, um, so they rushed to get the Dexcom to me as soon as possible and get like the, it approved because it's not even approved for, you know, babies right away. And so, um, we get the Dexcom and I go, okay, so I've been listening to this podcast. I'm going to, I'm going to just do as the hospital has told me before, but I'm going to see what happens now that we just put this Dexcom on him. And he spikes to like 400 after a meal. And we weren't checking his blood sugar until the following meal because they were like, you also can't have carb snacks. So cheese sticks and beef jerky and that's it. And so, um, so you, so he was eating and then for yeah. three or so hours, you didn't really do, um, check blood sugar. You just no. put count the carbs, put the insulin in. And if you got hungry in between, you, you stayed with lower carb stop. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And so I go to feed him his lunch next. And, you know, I've been watching the Dexcom and he starts to make a downward trend right before his meal. So that's where it was getting to a point where if he was 180 when I gave him his insulin and then um, by the time his next meal, he was 160, I figured, oh my goodness, yay, like that's a perfect ratio. But he was going all the way up to 400 or so, hanging out there for two to three hours. And then he'd come back down ever so... <laughs> Gently and uh, yeah, land right, right, right where you felt like, oh my gosh, I must be doing really well at this. He's barely exactly. moving. Yeah. yeah. And so I would call the hospital and tell them what was going on. And they're like, oh, he's perfect. He's perfect. He's perfect. But then when we got the Dexcom, I immediately took it into my own hand. And I was like, no, we're going to, we're going to start doing it Scott's way. <laughs> and, um, and so ever since then, it was we went to our first. Uh, oh wait, wait, Tori, Tori, uh -huh. don't don't jump ahead. You're doing really well. We're not telling them the first ten minutes how well you're doing. Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there needs a little showmanship here. Hold on a second. <laughs> let me let me say this to you. So, um, when that's happening, right? Like, there's this giant leap up and then a giant leap down, and then they say you're doing great. Mm -hmm. Did you think that can't be possible? We're not doing great because look how high his blood sugar is staying for so long. Or was there confliction in you? Like, when you yeah. Well, I just stopped calling when I saw the four hundred. <laughs> okay. So my next my next question is: uh, Would you say now there's any honeymoon type of function happening? Or are you are you completely? I actually think that this week. Like the last two weeks, we've gotten out of the honeymoon phase. Okay. I really, truly think so because I've had to put so much more insulin in. So, now, and, so this mm -hmm. is super interesting then because yeah. your graphs are – your graphs make me feel like I don't know what I'm doing. No way. <laughs> so so um, hold on a second. <clears throat> And so I've always wondered with somebody who was newer diagnosed and such a baby, like, you know, as, as far as size and age – was there some honeymooning going on? And so you think there was, but it's, yeah. it's gone away and your results don't look any different. Mm -mm. Well, so basically when we were honeymooning, I would time it out really perfectly where I would give him his insulin and I knew that he would go low. And um, because I was being pretty bold with the insulin, <laughs> um, I 
would make sure that he didn't have a spike. And then right when I knew that he'd probably go low, it would be snack time anyway. So he would get a fruit snack or uh, pieces of apple and, and just like, you know, typical things that a toddler would eat. And he was able to eat that to fix a 75 blood sugar and bring it up to like 100. So so you were doing something that I think is is brilliant and I've done it myself and I didn't just call it brilliant because I've done it too but I think it's it's a a longer look at things like a step back look so you're Mm -hmm. you're putting in enough insulin at a meal to not only keep the meal from spiking but you're in some strange way with the tail of the insulin pre-bolusing his snack yeah 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 that's good good job Tori Mm -hmm. Uh right because (laughs) because He's a little kid, and so he is snacky throughout the day, I imagine. Uh-huh. Right. Oh, for sure. I mean, he the the whole thing, too, with them not wanting me to pre-bolus was because he is a baby, and a lot of toddlers have a problem with finishing a meal. But we did this thing called baby-led weaning, where I never did pre-raise with him. I literally just fed him what was on my table from six months on. Okay. And so he doesn't have texture issues. He can eat an adult-sized meal so easily so he gets his own meal and we pre-bolus it at a restaurant and he eats the whole thing so it's very i mean hopefully that sticks because he's not verbal yet and so he can't tell me what he wants and what he doesn't want and i just kind of feed him and i go like you have to eat this i pre-bolus um (laughs) but uh he he's so good about food so when the hospital was telling me like no you you literally cannot pre-bolus until he can tell you like i'm gonna eat half that sandwich and i'm sitting there like Okay, even but then seems, even that seems strange because my my daughter, like you said, is fifteen, and she'll tell me sometimes, "Super hungry, man, let's go for it." And then we put the insulin in, and eight minutes in, she gets this look on her face. She's like, "I'm just not as hungry as I thought I was." <laughs> so, That's horrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, so you find ways to trade insulin around and stuff like that. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I, I've I've definitely been in that situation where you you know you put in enough insulin for forty or fifty carbs. And it's, I don't know, four or five units when she was smaller and her basal rate was like a unit an hour. And, you know, she'd have some of the food and then just be like, oh, I can't do this anymore. And you're like, all right, well, I'm just going to shut your basal off for an hour or two and see if Mm -hmm. I can trade, just do what you just did, right? Like trade the tail of the, the meal bolus for the, for the basal out in the future. Yeah. Like how did you come, how did, what led you to be able to think about the, the insulin, like time travel for the lack of a better word. Like, like, because I'm always telling people everything you're doing with insulin now is for later. Sometimes it's for five minutes, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's for 20 minutes later. Sometimes it's for an hour later, sometimes two hours later, nothing that's happening to you right now is happening because of the insulin that's going in right now. Mm-hmm. You absorbed it really quickly. And, and to your credit, and I don't want to get too far away from this before I say you described yourself as very emotionally unstable. And I want to, I want to point out to people listening that emotionally unstable infers very. So when you're adding very to it, you're saying you were whacked out of your ever-loving skull on the hormones? Is that what was going on? Yeah, I was very upset that my little baby that hadn't even turned a year old was, you know, diagnosed with something that was going to be for life. And when going through the pregnancy at 20 weeks pregnant, I also had a dog that was probably going to have to be put down soon, and and that did happen. And my grandma was um, living with us who has Alzheimer's, and she she passed away. So all these traumatic things are happening 
while I'm growing a baby inside of me. And so when this happened, I'm a perfectionist and I joke around that this was like, you know, life's slapping my face, like, ha ha, little perfectionist. <laughs> be perfect <laughs> at this. <laughs> yeah. And so there was no other option to be, than to be perfect at this. And so obviously you can't be perfect every day, but I try my very best. Yeah. And so when, when they're telling me, oh, it's okay if he's had 200 and he's staying there, like, that's okay. He's a, he's a kid. Mm-hmm. Listening to everything and reading what I was reading, I was like, that's actually not okay. Because why am I going to let him hang out at, at 200, 250, and that still be okay and not that high for, I don't know, 18 years of his life? Like, I, I'm not going to do that. Right. And so while, I, while he's under my roof, I want to make sure that he has all the same, you know, the same health as a non-diabetic. Right. And, and, the and the best chance to sort of absorb the way of living that you're doing and hope mm-hmm. that he takes it off with him. Yeah. When he, when he, when and then people are telling me, well, in order to have him be stable with blood sugars that a non-diabetic would have, you have to go low carb. And I was like, well, <laughs> and I've ranted about this before, but um, I don't want him to grow up with food issues either because he is diagnosed so young that I don't want him being five years old at a birthday party having to eat you know stuff that I brought when he can't and he can't enjoy stuff that the other kids are eating so it was such a big thing when I found your podcast that I was able to let him pretty much eat whatever everyone else is having and and just learn how to do it because one day he's going to be an adult at college and I don't want him one afraid to tell me, Hey, I'm going out to eat with pizza. What do I need to do? And two, not know how to do it himself. Right now I heard, listen, first of all, I think that in my mind, the podcast is about using insulin when we're talking about Mm -hmm. management stuff. And so I don't care what you use the insulin on afterwards. It could be on a a low carb lifestyle or a keto lifestyle or just eating carbs or anywhere in between. I just, I generally don't care. I just think that um, people should understand how it works so that they can Mm -hmm. affect what they want to affect. I mean, they're, you know, I mean, listen, people have come on here who are low carb or keto and they still talk about where they need their insulin for their fat and protein rises. And that still means understanding how insulin works. Um, and but at the same time, I understand what you're saying. Like you don't want to, you, you're not trying to set up a scenario where your son is in a room with 25 people and he's the odd man out. Although, yeah, like that's just not cool. And you know, I should probably not say this, but my daughter grew up tangentially around a girl who was super fit. Her whole family was really into fitness, and mm-hmm. I don't find anything to be wrong with that. I wish I was fitter than I am. <laughs> But when you stop and look back, she's a little weird and she's, prob- <laughs> she's probably not like, don't get me wrong. She's just, it's, and I'm not saying that difference bad. I'm just saying that they've gone over the ridge to the other side. Like, so I think there'd be a way to like be fit and cool without being like somebody who, you know, if I get up at four o'clock in the morning, because I hear a sound outside, it's your mom running by in the dark with a little light on her head. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, I don't know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> That might be judgmental. I'm just telling you that the way I've seen it shake out in front of them is that she's always more available to spotlight 
if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, I'm, mm-hmm. there's some joking in there on what I'm saying, but this is the part I mean, like, I don't care how fit they want to be. Again, I don't care if you eat keto or if you want to go for a run at four o'clock in the morning, doesn't mean anything, but you might want to be prepared for the fact that the masses, whether they're right or wrong, are going to look at you a little side-eyed while you're doing that. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's just the truth. It, it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. It just, it's what's going and on. And I have fitness background. Um, I used to do bodybuilding competitions. So that's also really funny because when they were teaching me about carbs and how insulin works, I already knew a lot about that. Not, you know, not yeah. the insulin itself, but how my body myself makes insulin. Right. And so it was, it was super interesting because when he was diagnosed, people were messaging me like, of course you would have a diabetic kid. You counted carbs like 10 years long. <laughs> Did you text them back and you're like, this is not helpful or supportive at all? Either? Yeah, <laughs> no, it was not helpful. Yeah. I was like, mm. but like I said, my subconscious knew that I would have a diabetic child. So I've been training for it my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least you were ready, right? So I was ready. I, so are you, <clears throat> do you think that you're having the success you're having because he's such a good eater or do you think you could do it even if he was a little more picky? Like, can you imagine what you would do in a scenario where you weren't certain what he was going to eat? There is nothing like having a blood glucose meter that you can count on and trust. That's why I would like you to go to Contour next dot com forward slash juice box. Now, when you get there, take your time and poke around. Sure, you're going to see right away Arden's meter, the contour next one meter right there. Big sticker on it. It's like value pack 40% more talks all about the test strips and everything. Here's some stuff that I can tell you from personal experience. The light at night is great. It's very holdable. It's just not a word, but it's small, but yet not difficult to hold on to is probably what I should have said instead of making up the word holdable. Yeah, that's what I should have done. But you know what? Let's just soldier on, shall we? Great light, very holdable. I'm sticking with that. Test strips offer second chance. So if you touch it in the blood, don't get it right the first time. You can go back in without impacting the quality of the test. And speaking of the quality of the test... This thing is gold standard accurate. Understand what I'm saying? It's right up there. There's like good, better, best. This one's best. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. This link is more than just a pretty face. There's real information here. You can go to the resource tab and find out about the Contour Diabetes app. That, by the way, pairs with your meter. You can find other products. There's other meters that Contour makes. You can looky-loo through them if you want to. Personally, I like the next one, Contour next one. Also, it's possible you could be eligible for a free meter. That's under the meters and strips tab. There's even a choice card to see if you can save on test strips. There's a lot here. It's worth knowing. Check it out. It's even, even, even possible that you could buy this meter and the test strips cash out of your pocket. And it might cost less than you're paying through your insurance company. Now, I can't say for sure if that's going to be you, but it's going to be somebody. So head on over there and figure it out. One way or the other, this is the meter you want, in my opinion. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. 
I don't know if you remember, the CEO of the T1D Exchange was on the show a number of months ago. I had a very good feeling about him. And then they came back to me a few weeks or months later. I don't remember time, you know what I mean? In COVID, I don't even know like what today is. But anyway, they came back to me sometime after that and said, um, hey, can you help us get the word out about our registry? And I was like, uh, you want to buy an ad? And they're like, no, we don't buy ads. And I was like, oh, well, I don't know what to do then. And they said, well, what about we'll give you a little bit of money every time somebody signs up for the registry if they come through your link. And I thought, all right, I'll try that. So I did t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Here's why I said yes to that. I know what you're thinking. It was for the money. But that's only part of it. The other part is they're using this research to make real improvements in people's lives people living with type 1 diabetes. And it's simple to do. It's 100% HIPAA compliant. It's absolutely anonymous. You can do it from your phone or your PC. I guess even if you had a Mac, you could do it from your Mac. In just a couple of minutes, I did it. Now you have to be from the US. So you either have to be the parent of a child with type 1 and live in the US, or you need to be an adult living with type 1 and be from the US. But it's super easy to do, and it's worth it. A lot of goods come from it, and I think a lot more is coming. T1DExchange.org forward slash juicebox. Contournext.com forward slash juicebox. Links in your show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com. Okay, now let's find out the answer to this question. Can you imagine what you would do in a scenario where you weren't certain what he was going to eat? Yeah, because we do have some days. He's been um, dealing with typical toddler uh, um, sickness for the last few months, um, getting cold and yeah. coughs. And so he's been a little bit on the pickier side. Um, and so what I've done to combat any picky behavior is I have his safe foods and every toddler has a safe food. And I will free bolus like half of what I think he's going to eat. And if he does eat all of it, I'll do like a really aggressive, like post bolus. (laughs) Yeah. No, no. I, 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 this morning, right before you and I spoke, Arden's blood sugar started drifting up. Mm -hmm. And I was like, huh, what is this about? Because she was so super stable at 94. And I was just like, this is working. I had made a small adjustment to her basal insulin the other day. And I thought, oh, my adjustment is so good. And, you know, I was just like, right on, this is working. Then all of a sudden, the 94 turned into like 101. And then she she was drifting up. And I'm like, what is happening? So finally, I texted her. And I was like, did you eat something? And she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> she goes, yeah, yeah, don't worry. I bolused for it. And I was like, well, uh-huh. what was it? And she goes, a munchkin. And I was like, did you pre-bolus for it? And she goes, no. I was like, it's not enough insulin. So no. let's just put some more in, you know. And and we're going to find level here around 155 before she comes back down, which is cool because she really she tried to eat something on her own. She tried to take care of it. So I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, that's great. Like, I don't care about that. That's, yeah. That's fantastic. I mean, right? that's probably been my biggest my biggest like fear grow as he ages. I love that he's a baby. And I, I've said before to people, I'm actually very happy that this happened when it did. And I, it's crazy to think like, why would you want your baby to be diagnosed? But, um, it just, I was talking to a friend of mine, um, whose kid I used to actually teach ice skating to. I used to be a figure skater and uh, she came over 
Uh, yeah, I was. <laughs> and um, and so she, her 10-year-old kid is at the house and she notices all of Jax's gear. Um, well, just the Dexcom and all of my my needle stash. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, she's like, oh, my God, if I was diabetic, like, oh, my God, I would just never eat again. Little 10-year-old saying that. And I just thought to myself, like, huh. <laughs> I that would be so traumatic to have you know him be so much older and him have to mentally go through that and fight, so I was like through those thoughts yeah, yeah and so I thought to myself like wow it's actually kind of a good thing if he was going to get diagnosed at some point in his life that it got done when he was a baby and it kind of scares me for when he gets older and has to manage it a little bit on his own when he's out and about and um listening to your podcast, I've kind of been like, okay, like Arden's doing awesome. She's, you know, she listens to her dad. <laughs> like maybe Jax will be the same. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it, it's all you can sort of hope for. I, I think mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of funny. I've been listening to a lot of physicists uh, talking lately, so I'm going to probably sound a little weirder than I usually do, but you know, we're all really just sort of really evolved ants, you know what I mean? Running around living our lives, you know, one of you goes and gets the food. One of you stays and builds the hill, you know, some of you dig the holes. Like we all are doing like a different job and we have life cycles and, you know, every once in a while you look down, one of the ants is going crazy, right? It's just running 16 different directions mm-hmm. and then it, it disappears away and uh, you know, probably wanders off and dies. And so there's just, we're not all going to have the same level of, success in life in in so many varied um avenues of our life right like you know your health your fitness um some of us are going to lose our hair some of us are going to do better at keeping a job some people are those people who are always in hr going i have a problem this is a problem you don't realize but you end up being a person who people go eh we don't really want to hire you and and like and but you don't think that because on your side, you have a problem. Like it's it's just we all end up being different types of people. Some people become addicts. Some people become addicts not of their own, you know, issue. Like some people become alcoholics. Some people never drink. There's all kinds of different ways people's lives are going to go. And that's going to happen for people who have type 1 diabetes too. Yeah. And so the best you can do is lay in foundation and tools and reason and then do your best to sort of shepherd them towards that being something that's important in their life. Listen, I very well could end up at the end of this being the guy who had a podcast who helped a whole bunch of people and it didn't help his daughter. There's no, uh, there's no way to know that, right? Like there's absolutely no way to know if this is going to work out for my kid any differently than it's going to work out for somebody else's. Just because I understand it might not be the reason she understands it. I just do my, mm-hmm. I just do my best to see who she is, how she absorbs things, what she cares about, where she gets lazy, all these things about her and I'm just trying to take what I know and retrofit it to her. And that takes time and that takes a lot of time, right? I should mm-hmm. I should not be listening to physicists talk about the nature of the world. <laughs> it's messing me up. Let me say something stupid instead. No, no, I'm just. <laughs> but, but the point is, is that some of you listening aren't going to end the way you want to end. But, but that doesn't mean 
you're not going to end the one the way you want to end because of the decisions you're making today, but that doesn't mean you can't change the decisions you're making and find a different ending. It's just more difficult. Boy, I don't know. I There's part of me that wants to say it's more difficult when you're parenting because you're trying to infer what another person needs. And then there's also part of me that thinks it's hard to do for yourself too. It's I mean, it's difficult one way or the other, but I think what's really interesting, what needs to be paid attention to when you're caregiving for someone else is how often you take your feelings or interpretations of a moment and put them on someone else. Just because mm -hmm. I feel like this in this moment, that must mean everyone around me is feeling this too. That's never right. Mm -hmm. you, you know what I mean? Like, like, so you really have to want to dissect understanding the person across from you. Like, like just, you know, it's, you think this is super important, this pre-bolusing thing and your kid just goes, eh, you know what? I don't care. And, and so, yeah. <laughs> right. So, and so you have to figure out how do you make what you care about something they can care about? I don't know. It's just, it's very, uh, I didn't think this was going to go this way, Tori. I apologize. I <laughs> Just like Tori's on Instagram, she's got this rad graph all the time. You, you, you basically. So you know when some people say like, "Oh yeah, people have flat graphs once in a while," and that's the only time they share them. I feel like you send me a rock ass, amazing graph almost every day. Like, yeah, he doesn't have spikes. I mean, I <laughs> today, for example, I'm looking at his graph right now, and he started his meal at 118, got up to like 150, and now he's back at 130. And, you know, that's that's high for us. Nice and gentle. And listen, the second baby, boy or a girl? Boy, again. Boy, you see, so here's what I don't understand. How is that kid's name not Scott? How did this get away from me? Exactly. <laughs> I was counting on you being the one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to name him after the person that saved my first baby. <laughs> I didn't save your baby, but I'm just, that's very kind of you. I'm just saying like one of you eventually is going to be, you know, I'm going to catch you in, in, what did you call yourself? Uh, very emotionally unstable. I'm going to catch someone in a very emotionally unstable moment. who's like <laughs> the podcast guy. And, and I'm going to get a kid named Scott one day, even though it's not, a, it's not a great name. Uh, but, um, but anyway, I, I'm kidding. I had to make up for the, <laughs> the physicist talk, and we're all just sort of evolved dance and et cetera. So, yeah, um, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> to say something stupid to keep this moving. Um, are you pumping or injecting, or how do you get in the We are MDI stuff. Ah, see? And we had spoken right after he was diagnosed, pretty much. And I, you know, you were telling me about the Omnipod. And I want to get it on him as soon as possible. We're going through a little, um, trying to figure out a job change on dad's side. Mm -hmm. And so we're not sure if we're wanting to spend all of our money on a deductible just to start with a new insurance. And then, you know, but, um, I'm also very comfortable with MDI right now. And, I'd say. um, yeah. <laughs> and so right now it's just not been something that we are in dire need of. Mm -hmm. Um, I do see that we would have even more stable lines and it would become even, even better blood sugars. But um, right now he's doing really well and he has been starting to pull on his Dexcom and that's been very irritating. And so um, irritating I'm just you. afraid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> irritating to me. And so I, I don't want him to pull off the Omnipod. So I'm just like a little, a little weary right now with him being yeah. like discovering things on his body at his age. Right. 
Hey, so what slow-acting insulin are you using? Uh, Basilar. Ah, see, people talk very well about those two new ones, which is, what are they, Basil? I can't even say it, Basilar? Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, I did say it. Is the other one Traceba? No. Yeah, Am we I haven't right? used that one. But I'm right, those are yes. the two that are kind of the newer, fancier ones that don't, um, yes. they seem to actually last more than 24 hours, not less than 24 hours. Is that how you Yeah, it? I believe so. Yeah. And and so you're so you're getting a stability, a good base from your basil to begin with. How much insulin yes. are we talking about? How much basil does he get a day? Two units. How much <laughs> does he it. weigh? He weighs uh, thirty five pounds. Yeah, he's uh he's um. But are both of your? Is it fair to say that both of your kids are uh, pleasingly? Plump is that a nice way of saying? Yes, like they're like they're cute. Yes. they're cute little chubby babies. Yeah, yeah, they they both are like 99th percentile. Like, I mean, when that was the whole thing with Jax, like we started seeing him lose weight, and we were like, "Holy cow! Like, this is a chubby baby. Like, I, this is something's wrong." <laughs> you're like, "Hey, did someone put this kid onto CrossFit?" And I didn't realize it. <laughs> yeah, but he was always eating, so I was like, "I don't get it." How tall are you? But yes, I am only five feet tall. Wait a minute. And how tall is your yeah. husband? 5'10", 5'11", really are, skinny. Are the kids like 90-whatever percentile for height, too, or for weight? Yeah, yeah, they're just big. Any <laughs> any giants in the extended family? No, no. Oh, my God, you could end but, up being those people. Dad was, dad was a, a big baby, though. I was not. So I think that okay. they're just big babies. Yeah, no kidding. That'd be interesting. I, I'm imagining, you know, when you're you're like 45 and... You're out somewhere, and the kid's just like three feet taller than you, and you, you're just yeah. <laughs> people think you adopted them, you know what I mean? And they're like, yeah. oh, for sure, <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I have uh, I have a friend who's so short; she's just the shortest person I've ever met in my entire life. But her whole family is, and so when yeah, my my whole family is pretty short. Yeah, that's that's a uh, that's interesting. So, how about diabetes in the background of either side? Do you, did you find anything? nobody, not a single person? I didn't even know about type one. I was that oblivious. Any other endo problems that you could find? Anything? No. He was he was so healthy. Um we had a perfect, you know, hospital stay when he was born. Yeah. He was born at forty weeks and five days or six days. Um I was induced on forty and five. So I was, you know, full term and then some. He was eight pounds, six ounces, very, very healthy, breastfed ate everything, no allergies, no health concerns, nothing. At 10 and a half months old, I noticed that he was a little constipated. Mm. And that was that was the sign that kind of started getting me thinking about things. Um, so at a week before his birthday, I remember on a Monday or on a Friday, I called the pediatrician. I was like, hey, can I get in the um, office on Monday? Um, he just, he hasn't pooped. <laughs> and so um, they're like, yeah, I mean, we can check and see if his stomach's hard and, and whatnot. And so then I go in there and they go, oh, he, he's just, you know, a little blocked up, I think. Just get him some prune juice and prune puree. Now, mind you, I'd never given this kid juice or even pureed food. Right. So, <laughs> like, okay. so this was what got him into DKA, I believe. <laughs> You so think, then, you think, on, you think the the um the sugar from the prunes is what pushed him the rest of the way? I think so. Okay. So um, well, 
that and on Tuesday. So the day after the appointment, he was he weighed mon- on Monday twenty nine pounds. Mm. The day after the appointment, we went to. Do you have a Rita's Italian ice near you? Do you know they, what that is? They I love Rita's. So Rita's originated in Philadelphia, right where I grew up. My, yes. My wife actually knew the family that started the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that morning, um, he'd been a little groggy, and I remember telling my dad and. Like, ugh, I just need to get out of this house. I'm way too pregnant to be dealing with this fussy baby that's turning one soon. And I guess he's teething, but he's just, he won't stop crying. So I'm going to go to the splash pad. It's really hot. It was a nice 90-something degrees and um, end of May. So we go to a splash pad. And my baby's always been very, very happy, just a hyper happy baby. And he just wanted to stand there. He wasn't walking yet, but he was crawling and he would stand independently. So he's just standing there like, uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm like, hon, he's playing this, the water. And he just cried. So then I'm like, okay, whatever. We'll go to Rita's and get some gelati. And I'm giving him spoonfuls of that. And I have a picture of me spoon feeding him in the stroller. And looking back now, I'm like, how did I not know? Yeah. Because his eyes were sunken in. He had like these dark, super dark circles and he just looked really emaciated. And I was like, something's wrong, but I think he's just tired. Maybe he's not sleeping well. And then that night he threw up. It was the first time ever that he had thrown up. Hmm. And so dad goes, I don't, I don't get it. Why is he, why is he throwing up? What did you feed him? And I was like, I mean, he, we had sugar today. I like, <laughs> I, mean, I like how that immediately goes like. Hey, what'd you do to my kid? Did you give him something yeah. you shouldn't have? And then you're like, oh yeah. my God, I did give him sugar. I actually, I gave him like soft serve mixed with water ice. So yeah, I, I, I mean, if I'm being honest, I'm really pregnant and I wanted him to stop. <laughs> so yeah, I wanted to give him a nice little treat. I yeah, felt yeah. like the sugar and the ice, like it would Maybe like would soothe help. his gums. You're the only one supposed to be pregnant or, or excuse me, constipated. You're, you're the, you're the yeah, pregnant I'm one. pregnant. <laughs> so then, um, so, mind you, we still, like, I had prune juice in his sippy cup, and he wouldn't drink it much, but he then he started to, like, get super thirsty and wanting to drink all of it, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, that's weird, you didn't like it earlier today, but then on Wednesday, I'm doing, um, I'm sitting on the ground playing with him, and he crawls over to me, and he starts breathing really, really heavy, so I call the pediatrician, I'm like, something's wrong, he's throwing up, he's breathing really heavy, and he's very lethargic and he doesn't even want to crawl now and he just wants to sleep all day mm-hmm. and so she's like okay come back to tomorrow and we'll we'll see what's going on and they didn't actually weigh him in or anything they just said um let's have you scheduled to go to a gastroenterologist at children's hospital on friday so now we've gone monday through friday um with this, you know, baby that still hasn't pooped, he's um, now getting way sicker. And Friday morning at the gastro, they weigh him, and he is, and mind you, like, all throughout those when Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning, he's throwing up everything he eats. And so we're getting very concerned. Yeah. And he goes, well, there's nothing blocked in there. Um, let's weigh him. And he's 21 pounds. Wow, he lost eight pounds? Yeah. Wow. And I remember holding him being like, this is, this is scary. (laughs) Like I, I was crying now and I'm like, I don't know what's going on with my baby. And he goes, does he always look so, um, 
his skin so mottled? And I was like, no. And I go, well, he's very, he looks very dehydrated. And I said, well, that's impossible. He's always drinking water and he's always peeing. Like he pees through his diapers nonstop. Right. <laughs> so wait, he's like, wait. he just looked at me. At, at that point, can I ask you, do you have the, uh-huh. it's a recent thing. So you might have the memory. Did, was there ever a voice in your head that thought my kid is dying? Or mm-hmm. did you, did you actually think that? Yeah. On like Thursday, cause he was just falling asleep in the high chair. I was feeding him some more prune puree. <laughs> and nothing ever said diabetes. I just thought he was dying. Yeah. And so, um, on that Thursday, I remember feeding him and he just fell asleep eating. And I walk over to my husband and he, I was like, um, I think we need to go to the hospital. And he was, and he's very, no, 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 he's fine. He just has a stomach bug. Right. And, and I'm like, this is not a stomach bug. Yeah. And, and so he kept on trying to reassure me, like, everything's fine. But we're going to the hospital, you know, we're going to go see the gastro. They're going to figure it out. And I was like, okay. Well, that whole night, that Thursday night, he was just waking up full of pee, full of um, throw up. And I was like, I don't get it. So then um, Friday morning, they tell us he's very dehydrated and you need to go next door and get go to the emergency room and get hooked up with IV fluids. So now we're like getting the run around and we're like, oh, my God, like, (laughs) when are you going to find out what's wrong? Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm not leaving this hospital until we know exactly why he's not having a bowel movement and why he's, you know, so dehydrated, so to speak, because I didn't think he was dehydrated. Like first time mom, I didn't realize that his skin wasn't supposed to be modeled all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. So then um, we get hooked up with the um, emergency room and they're trying to find a vein and his veins keep collapsing because he's so dehydrated. And uh, they're, they have the whole IV team pinning him down he's crying then he's passing out and then he's crying some more we're crying and someone rushes in after they do the blood test and they go either of you diabetic and we just look at each other and we're like no and they go well his blood sugar is 360 we're transferring you up to picky right now and they didn't tell me they didn't say it in a very like <laughs> bedside manner they were just like he's 360 we're going to pick you okay and then he just runs out and i was like what? <laughs> hey, what real, does that mean? Real quick, I'm sorry to do this because Arden's texted me. Never mind the abbreviations NVM, right? Yes. All right, sorry. Just got old there for a second. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like, it's an N and there's a V and I forgot. It feels like there should be an M in it. Um, uh, sorry about that. Um, it, that is stupidly like my daughter's diagnosis. Like your details oh. are different. But the 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 salient points are the same, um, yeah. And so I'm assuming for for many many people, but yours went on for a while. Like you didn't mm-hmm. really, and you kept taking him to places, and they were just like, oh, you know, this, that, this, that. Mm-hmm. And what's that? Um, when you go back home, right after they tell you <laughs> yeah. a, another thing and another thing that isn't correct. I don't I, like that's a weird feeling, right? Like that, that mm-hmm. sort of like it's going to be okay. Like person in charge said, "Don't worry," and and yeah. so, but everything in you is kind of yelling like, "No, worry, this is wrong." It's it just yeah. it, there's nothing right about it. It's fascinating that they didn't see that. I mean, a nine pound weight loss for a thirty pound mm-hmm. person is a third of their body weight, and yeah. that that in general, you would think that would put a person right into a hospital for a battery of tests. 
Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't miss the, it just, it's unmistakable that like, that that's what should happen. And I like that your husband recognized, Hey, it's hospital time, but it's going to be fine. It's interesting. He went into like, Hey, Tori, don't worry. Just because the guy who's never once wanted to go to the hospital thinks we should go to the hospital, that's not a reason to get upset. <laughs> you know, yeah, but, but he was, <laughs> but he was panicked. Obviously, if that's what he, yes. if that's what he was considering too. So veins are collapsing. Um, nothing's working. He's completely dehydrated. What was his blood sugar when they figured it out? You know, three sixty. Oddly, not that high, unless it's no. been, unless it's been three sixty four. How long? How long do you think that had been going on? Well, his A one C at diagnosis was eleven point nine. Okay, so quite a while. Yes. Yeah. So I try and go back, and I try not to like get myself worked up over it, but I try and go back in pictures and try and see when it might have started. And I just can't tell because he'd always been such a happy, plump baby. <laughs> well, and so. it's also possible, too, that his blood sugar was bouncing around, yeah. around. Maybe it would jump up, stay up for a while, and then it may be his, you know, his pancreas would be like, you know, come back online for a little while, bring him back down. Because, you know, the, the one thing I don't know, and I wonder how we could find out, but in a, in a, if you could get a healthy pancreas body, uh, you know, the body of a healthy pancreas, up to 360 and I don't know, like somehow like turn off the pancreas for a little while, bring it up to 360, let it stay stable there. When you turn the pancreas back on, how long would it take a healthy body to bring a 360 back to, you know, 85? Mm -hmm. Because that really is what you're talking about. You're talking about a a body that doesn't have diabetes that all of a sudden has it. And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden doesn't have it again while this pancreas is sputtering, you know, to its demise. And and that's just very um that's a weird thought I've never had before. But like, do you know what I mean? Like I want because maybe he would bounce and stay there for a few hours and then come right back to normal again. Like maybe there'd be no mm-hmm. way for you to notice really. Absolutely. Yeah. I believe so too. Yeah, I would don't don't bust yourself. And he never had a healthy diet or a, an unhealthy diet either. So I was very I didn't feed him a lot of, you know, snacks. Um it was <laughs> I was that mom that was like Oh no, my kid will never have juice. That's horrible for <laughs> That's you. That's how we and be so, doing this. <laughs> yeah. And so then when he was diagnosed, I was like, well, I mean, I think he'll drink juice. And so they were like, well, try it. <laughs> Turns out it's very sweet. Uh, and most people like it. Arden, you know, interestingly, doesn't like sweet things. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh no, now Jax loves them because it's a hot commodity in this house. <laughs> you were able to turn, you were able to turn them around on that pretty easily. <laughs> Yeah, now now as a toddler, he's he's all about it. No kidding. So horrible. I can't even eat in front of him. Do you ever do you wonder about the baby? Do you I do a lot because yes, we did not have um diabetes in either side of our family that we know of. Right. Um and so we were very uneducated on like what type one totally means. And when he's diagnosed before he's even a year old, I'm like, well, what does that mean for my, my other baby that I'm having? So throughout this whole training period at the hospital, I'm going, what about this one in me? <laughs> What's going to happen with this? And so they're telling me the percentages and stuff. And they're like, you might not even have anything to worry about with the next one. Right. Um, this is just, you know, an anomaly. And I'm just thinking to myself, but 
why at one years old? Did you did you try to like buy like extended warranty on the bakery? <laughs> like, listen, I could <laughs> usually I don't buy the warranty. I just figure like if I drop my iPhone, I'll buy another one. You know, I, I never drop my phone. I'll be okay. But I'm gonna get it on this one if you don't mind. Uh, where do I? Uh, where do I sign? Up? Yeah. Where do I sign up for that exactly? Um, no, I it's 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 the it's the so early in life thing that's shocking. Yeah. You know, art, yeah. I, I I can tell you that. In the middle of July of 2004, my wife and I had bought a house um, maybe two years prior. We'd lived in a condo. We were, we, were pre- um, we lived in an apartment. She got pregnant. We moved into a condo. Uh, the condo like appreciated out of nowhere, so we ran away and sold it really quickly and bought what I kind of lovingly refer to as this sh- house in my town <laughs> like just it was the only one we could really afford right but it was on an acre of ground which is mm-hmm. which is incredibly uncommon in my town so mm-hmm. our goal was always just keep doing better and one day we'll knock that house over and we'll build another house on this piece of property but in the meantime we were making babies and trying to make money and you know all the stuff you do and we had gotten, you know, we made Arden on purpose in October. So her birthday would be in the summer. You probably heard me tell that story. So yes. we've got a summertime baby. We're going to do a summertime birthday party. And we get her a pony for, <laughs> not not like we didn't buy her a pony. We got a, a, a pony came to the house and gave pony rides all through the party that was outside. And we were ruining our lawn and we didn't care. And we were just like, this is like we got a house, it's outside, we got a summer baby, boom. So I have pictures in my head and on my computer of my daughter in a dress, looking really excited and kind of scared, riding around on a pony in the backyard. And maybe a couple of weeks later, she's standing on a, you know, at a beach vacation. Mm -hmm. And she looks like, she looks like an extra on The Walking Dead. Like yeah. she, she just, it looks like somebody greater skin took the weight out of her face, <clears throat> found the way to take the life out of her eyes. She could barely lift her limbs or walk around. And she was like quite literally dying right in front of me, yeah. just like your son was. And I never thought of it that way. I never looked at her and thought kid seems like she's dying. Um, I just thought, Oh, it's weird. She's losing weight or she's tired or she's sick or all the, reasonable things that bounce around in your head. But then mm-hmm. w- once that's over, it is one of the very next thoughts you have once you've got the diagnosis of like, no, that's not fair. She's so young. Yeah. Y- you know, that that shouldn't happen to a young person, but stuff like that happens to people of all ages. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And I agree with your your assertion, by the way, that, um, you know, while a person who's diagnosed at your son's age who doesn't, receive the care that you're giving him. That might not be a great thing that he has diabetes at such a young age, because then if there are complications, they're going to happen sooner in his life. But, but, but to your assertion that he might grow up very well, not knowing a difference and therefore Mm -hmm. unlike the people who you met, you know, maybe won't have a a horrible aversion. That's your hope. Like, and that, that's a reasonable hope. It it really is. I think you're, you're doing such a good job. It's fascinating. Thank you. Now, not fascinating because, like, I can't believe you're doing it, but fascinating because of how many people I hear talk about 
I have a baby. This is so difficult. You don't understand. And I'm like, no, I do understand because mm-hmm. I had a baby had diabetes too. But, but like, yeah. like, and not a, not a, you know, not one that you were counting their age still in months, but pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you know, like, so I know, I know what it's Actually, like. Two, two makes me even like more afraid because I have a niece who is newly two mm-hmm. and she is so choosy. Yeah, like and opinions. I just could not imagine if she was diagnosed at at the age she's at now. Right. I I please. Do you have any idea how many times like I tried to make like a joke out of the fact that Arden was getting a shot? Like I'm like, hey, it'll be okay. Like big smile on my face, <laughs> heart, my heart inside completely broken, and I'm just like, it's gonna be fine. Big smile, and then she'd be like, look at me and laugh, and then just take off. <laughs> You know, oh, start. he's starting to do that now. Yeah. He's starting to do that where he he sees me prepping the needles and um I, I'll get the pen in my hand. I go, you ready? You ready to eat? And he, he smirks at me and then he runs around the couch real quick. And I'm like, no, no, no. And I throw him over my shoulder and I pull the diaper down and give him a shot on the butt. And I'm like, well, when he, you know, it's too heavy to get thrown over my shoulder. Yeah. He probably need to get that pump. There. So th- yeah, so there, by the way, is a is an experience a lot of people don't have. The one of like actually being able to hold a person while you're giving them a shot. Yeah. Or, you know, as Arden got bigger, there were times like she'd run up on the sofa and like, you know, and she'd try to get away and I'd like cr- you know, crawl after her and then I'd like get yeah. her. And then there's then then reality comes into play. You're holding a needle. And, yeah. and and they're swatting around like like no and and you think mm-hmm. it, it, for me at least one of my most panic thoughts was what if the amount of insulin I intend to go into her isn't what goes in what if she bumps the plunger while I'm trying to get near or she pulls away sooner and now the next what I felt like was like now the next three hours of my life are going to be wrapped in even more uncertainty because. So (laughs) that happened (laughs) a few times. Um, We were trying to train my parents to be able to do all the diabetes care while I was in the hospital with the baby, uh, the new baby. And um, so I'm 38 weeks telling my parents, hey, you need to know what to do so that we can be at the hospital giving birth (laughs) and, and not be wondering, you know, hey, how much do I dose for? And so, <laughs> so I have my mom giving him a shot and she first off doesn't take the cap off the needle and she like goes to give it to him. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then, and now, now I'm holding Jax's arm, like, you know, strong man. And, um, and Jax is trying to wiggle away from me. And I'm like, take the cap off. And she's like, okay, okay. Am I going to poke myself? And I was like, take it off. And then uh, she she doesn't dial it. And I'm like, oh, my God, you have to dial it. And she's like, you're making me nervous. And I was like. <laughs> you're making me nervous. We're all nervous. You're making me extremely nervous because I'm going to be giving birth. And you're going to be texting me, hey, how do I do this? Look at the kid. So He's in need- a panic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you have to listen to me. So I, uh, she finally got it. But then she took it out right after she did it. So then, like, a little bit squirts out still. And I'm like, now what do you do? Yeah. You 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 just did half a shot, and I gave him like one unit, so I don't even know if he got anything. And so he yeah. like sat there staring at the Dexcom, like did anything go in? And now Jackson's like, um, e e e e e. You don't like get some eggs here. So <laughs> you don't so get any strawberries now. The cool thing about that experience that I had and you had 
is that in the moment it's ridiculous and you know frustrating but but last night so you guys uh listening haven't heard this yet um or maybe you have I'm you know I don't know I record a lot of these things so um uh Arden has a friend named Yanni who's 15 and also has type 1 diabetes for 6 years and um Yanni's control was not great she'd be over 400 a couple of times a day for extended periods of time even though she had an insulin pump and a glucose monitor and mm-hmm. and she was really trying too and that's the other thing that's really important she was not passive she was doing what she was told so you'll hear this on her episode because i've been recording with her little bits at a time as we move forward but i met with her one time over facetime we made changes to her settings got her blood sugar down talked to her about pre-bolusing um you know, I walked her through the steps. It was it was weird. It was almost like I was like giving the talk that I'm going to give on Saturday when you see me. Except I mm-hmm. I would give one part of the talk, and then she'd go live a day, and then I'd give another part of the talk, and she'd go live a day, and we were sort of doing it like that. So anyway, in four weeks, four weeks, I'm gonna her episode will go up before this, so people should go back and find it. Um, in four weeks her A1C needed to be tested again. So she had had an A1C done, lived for two months, spoke to me, lived for one more month, had her A1C done again. The day I started talking to her, her blood sugar was no lie, constantly over 250, frequently mm. over, over 400. And she went from an 8.9 A1C to a 6.9 A1C. And wow. she is so good at taking care of her diabetes. Right. So it turns out that all the, she was very willing to make the effort. She just kept, you know, making the effort with the wrong, with the wrong ideas. She was, Mm -hmm. she was looking at multiplication and trying to apply division to it. Like it was just, you know, she was just in the, you know, right church, wrong pew. And so yesterday, and I'm following her Dexcom, but I never really pay attention to it because she's just doing a really good job and I'm just following it till we're done recording. So I have context more than anything while we're speaking. But she, mm-hmm. has, she has, has not needed my help in a long time, in weeks, and I don't offer her any advice usually. But last night, I finally looked, and her blood sugar had been over 300 for hours. And so I just texted her. I was like, hey, you okay? And she said, I'm not feeling well. And I mean, I said, you mean you're sick? She goes, I don't feel good. No, I don't feel good because my blood sugar's high. And, um, and I'm just not used to this anymore. And previously she had talked about how great she felt now and her focus was different and just her attitude, like everything about her life had changed, you know, Um, just for the better. And so I said, okay. And I was able to like in a split second, figure out what was going on and fix it because I've lived through that moment of like, is there insulin in there? Isn't there? And like, I can finally see that there isn't without knowing and so mm-hmm. I, I just said to her, I'm like, Yanni, your, your, your pump site's bad. I, mm-hmm. said, I said, so she had described making a large bolus that didn't work. And I was like, I said, change the pump, double your basal for a couple of hours. Let's bolus a little bit of insulin. And I think it took us about four more hours to get her back down to being level again. But, mm-hmm. but it's that experience that lets me see bad pump sites now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like. I don't need to know what you did before exactly to know if what's happening 
is what should be happening. I hope that makes sense. Right. So she said she put in seven units where a lot of people would be like, listen, I can't bolus more. I'm like, I get that we changed the pump, but I can't bolus more because I put in seven units. I looked and I was Mm -hmm. like, that seven units is not working. I don't, I don't care about that seven units. I'm pretending that doesn't exist. And that's where most people would get involved in like, oh, there's insulin on board. I can't do anything. And then suddenly that 300 blood sugar would go from a few hours to a day. And then it would just keep running and she'd go to sleep and it would go up and it would, Mm -hmm. you can see how you get out of rhythm really simply. Anyway. Oh yeah. Anyway, I get her down and I get her stable. And I told her, I I said, I'm not going to text you this. Like, let's talk for a second. So we FaceTimed and I looked at her and I said, I want you to remember something. Those 300 blood sugars, that doesn't happen to you anymore. So when, so when it does, it's not you. It's something else. You have to start looking beyond you. You made the right decisions. If the insulin went where it was supposed to go, this would not mm-hmm. have happened, right? And she's like, okay. And she looked at me and she's still 15, you know? And I'm like, this, yeah. is, this is not what happens to you anymore. Because what had happened was she saw her blood sugar go up. And even though she had this great success for these four weeks, what she thought was, oh, okay. Like she just got, she was lulled into it right away in two seconds again. Like, mm-hmm. oh, they're just, I must just not be doing the right thing. And, and it was, um, I was eye opening for her. And I think for me too, to, to see that happen to her, how quickly she snapped back into believing this is just my life. It was, it was, yeah. it was really interesting. Yeah. But anyway, I think you have to have those experiences. Your mom has to go through that so that, you know, is she, mm-hmm. is she better at it now? Your mother? Yeah. Well, so when, when I had the newborn, his name's Rowan, when I had Rowan, uh, Jax had been, he, he had, 300 blood sugars the day that Rowan was born. And I said, you must have not done Basilar this morning. You must have not dosed him right for his breakfast. Something went wrong. And I'm sitting there holding my newborn at the hospital saying this. Well, he had um, hand, foot, and mouth. Little did we know. And so he was sick. And they're like, I'm, I had to give him an insulin shot again at the hospital. I'm like, they're like, well, we just gave him some insulin that morning. And I'm like... He needs more. <laughs> so he, he got hand, foot, and mouth. That's what Arden got right before she was diagnosed. Ah, oh, it's horrible. Yeah. And so he didn't have a rash yet. But the ne- next day, they call me and they go, "Well, he has some, you know, a rash on his foot and like around his mouth and on his hands." And then Dad's home with him on Friday morning. He calls me and we're about to get discharged. And they go, and "He's like, well, that rash, it's it's worse." And I'm like, "Oh my god." Well, so they took him to Florida to my uncle's. Um, he has like a huge 30 acre lot on his home. Um, his home's on 30 acres. And so he just got to run around and play and they took care of the diabetes management so well. Um, they just had to kind of Live get thrown into bit. it. Yep. Yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a person online right now who posted in the private Facebook group and they're like, I don't understand. I'm not having the same success as everybody else. Then when you really stopped and looked, they hadn't been at it for very long. And yeah. So I just said to him, like, listen, it's not a great answer, but you're going to have to do this a few times before you get it right. Like, you don't just, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? It's not paint by numbers. It's not like. And like, I haven't been in it very long either. Um, but I think having the strength to just like the, the <laughs> to let go of the fear around diabetes helped a lot. Was that one of the things that really moved you in the right direction is just not being afraid? Yeah, because. He's a kid. Lows actually work in our favor because he's always hungry. So if he goes to, you know, 
if he's coasting down 80, 79, mm-hmm. 78, I'm like, oh, perfect. Here's some fruit. <laughs> he's hungry. Here's anyway. a bite of my food. And, and, yeah. But for clarity, you're not constantly feeding lows. You're just sort of. No. Right, right. No. Your graphs are way too smooth for that to be the truth. Yeah. Um, I got to a point where I wasn't afraid if that happened. Mm-hmm. And and we don't have like double arrows down unless I totally fluked on dinner. <laughs> um, uh, but he he's to a point now where, I mean, if if it's been three hours since he ate and I want to give him something, I'm, I'm not afraid to give him a little bit of extra insulin, half a unit to a unit and let him eat a snack with carbs. And the hospital still to this day is very three shots a day. That's it. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'm like, what do they say to you for how you are doing things? Do they give you any trouble? No, no. Um, they asked me what is, what are his ratios? And that happened maybe the the third month when we went again um, and they saw just how well we were doing. And they're like, so what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, well, so his ratios are this, but sometimes they're that. If he's really active, it's this. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, okay. <laughs> Good. No, yeah, you're paying attention. It's, uh, yeah. But it's also nice to hear that they didn't, you know, because too many people report back that, you know, they have this, the, the kind of success that you're talking about. And then doctors are like, no, you're using too much insulin. They take it away from you. Like, you know, yeah. they get scared of it. Yeah. Take it away. Well, I- so, cause like I said, they, they don't like me giving them extra shots for snacks and stuff, but I, I made them aware that I'm watching the Dexcom all day long mm-hmm. and I'm, he's always, he's a growing baby and he wants to eat and he's getting really tired of cheese sticks. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it's, and that's important. We don't bring that up enough is those, you, your children need to eat, you know, like, yeah. like they're trying to grow, their bodies are trying to get bigger. And, and if you're having to restrict certain foods or foods at all, because you're not able to manage the insulin well, then there's another mm-hmm. problem. Now you have a different problem is the kid, you know, I'm not saying is malnourished, but definitely not nourished the way you're, you were hoping to, or that you would have, if you weren't worried about the insulin. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. I'm glad for you that the podcast was helpful. It really is nice. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned at my last, uh, at his last endo appointment, they were telling me about the Atlanta summit. I said, Oh yeah, I definitely want to go. I listened to juice box podcast and they were like, Oh, that makes sense. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they were aware. So, so the hospital, so this happens more and more, which is really kind of kind. I, I was told recently by somebody that, um, they went to their endos appointment and the person just said, listen, I just, let me just ask you, do you listen to the juice box podcast? And the woman said, yes. Why? And she goes, I can just tell by your graphs. And I was, I was so touched by that. I thought that's really, that's really cool. You know, Um, they told me at his last endo appointment when we were discussing you, um, this is the best graph that I have ever seen from one, someone that's not been diagnosed more than a year, and two, just his age in general. So, in seriousness, then, and don't don't just say the podcast, but like, what do you attribute that to? Do you attribute it to knowledge or comfort, or is it a blend? Like, I want people who are listening who are who are healthcare professionals to understand what I believe, which is that if you tell people uh, the right thing. It doesn't matter how early you tell them, but I, w- I want to know mm-hmm. how it impact before I let you go. Like I want to know how, how it shaped you. 
like what your podcast has done for me. Just in general, like, yeah. Like what, what, what does yeah, what does the information like? So so here's the thing: you really haven't been around diabetes that long, so you wouldn't know. There's a, a, a an old school idea that you don't tell people too much too soon. You get, a, you get a little bit of information, and then you get a little more in three months. Then you get a tiny bit more in three months. And in a couple of years, then we can start talking about, you know, but, and by then, my contention is what that builds is fear and a lot of psychological angst. And so yeah. it's hard to get you back from that then. Um, I, I'm a bigger fan of getting the information out in front with good explanation about how to use it. Not technical yes. explanation or mathematical explanation, but like real, like real world ways. Because I even I sat next to a physician recently who loves the podcast and wants to move the information from the podcast to people at, at his hospital and even doctors that are training at his hospital, which I was really overwhelmingly touched by. But still in that conversation, there was an assertion that the information that I'm sharing with people about how I manage my daughter, that's not something everybody can understand. And I don't I don't know if I agree with that or not. Like I had to keep on listening. And and you had mentioned in a podcast that you just put up um, the other day, like you just have to listen and listen and listen and something's gonna, you know, hate you. Yeah. And I think I think it really helped me to one just live it day to day and really look at the grass Dexcom all the way. <laughs> um, but I need information from the get go. I need to know exactly what to do. I am very type a personality. Um, there's like this big thing about like enograms and I'm a type one enogram. Um, hold and on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't breeze past that. What the hell is that? <laughs> it's like personality. I found um, it. I'm on the internet. Test. Don't worry. Hold on a second. Type Enneagram. Oh, I found it already. Hold on. Oh, oh, oh I see. Um, the nine Enneagram type descriptions. Reform, yeah. Reformer, helper, achiever, individualist, investigator, loyalist, enthusiast, challenger, peacemaker. Which one are you? The reformer. Right. The type one. Ah, I got it. The rational, idealistic type principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and a perfectionist. Yes. Oh, I wonder which one of these, you tell me about that while I yeah. try to decide which one of these I am. <laughs> yeah. So with, with that personality, when, when he was diagnosed and I would see that the blood sugars weren't where I wanted it. And, and especially after I got the Dexcom and I'm trying to figure out his ratios and the hospital's just telling me 200 is okay. 180 is okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and I'm like, that's not okay. It's not. And so I'm racking my brain around how do I get these um, ratios to where I want them to be. And by listening to your podcast, it's little bits of information from other people and what they do and um, how, how their day to day goes. It's one made me feel like there's um people going through the same thing that I'm going through and people that um, had the same frustrations. Does that make it just then, feel doable that other people yeah, are doing it? Okay. For sure. And so I was like, there's like, just because he's a baby doesn't mean that I can't have a great A1C. And so um, I don't like to be frustrated. And my husband would see me sitting there racking my brain, looking at every single graph 
and going through the clarity reports. And he's like, just, it's diabetes. Just get over it. It'll, it things are going to get out of your control sometimes. And I was like, well, not, no, no. <laughs> no, they won't. And by the way, you're under my control. And you don't even realize it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I tell you when I'm not home, when to give him the insulin. And then as I'm watching, I say, now feed him. Yeah. And so like, I, I mean, do. I meant bigger picture too, not just the diabetes. But like, oh, yeah, hey, yeah. hey, listen, this, this Enneagram thing, I'm concerned that I might have multiple personalities. I'm a lot of these things. Is that is that, does that ever happen to anybody? Yeah. No, it does. It does. You can be a couple different things. Okay. Because um, but there's like a primary um, one that you gravitate to best. So okay. I would totally take a test. Because as the reformer, I, I'm not a perfectionist. I'm I'm I am self controlled. I'm sometimes okay. sometimes purposeful. I'm actually a very principled person, but I um. But I have my limits. So I always tell people, I've definitely never said this here before. I, I live my life um, under like very basic rules. Like I don't, I don't treat people the way I don't want to be treated. And uh-huh. I don't lie if I can absolutely help it. That's, those are pretty much my life rules. Um, uh-huh. But now the helper caring, I am caring. Um, let's see. Demonstrative. I'm super emotional. Generous. I don't know. People pleasing. I definitely am possessive. I don't know what that means exactly. Like of people or things. I I don't care to, I mean, I, I, the people around me that I care about, I want to be close. The achiever, um, pragmatic type, adaptive, excelling, driven, and image conscious. I'm not image conscious, which you'll see this weekend when I allow you to take a picture with me. And I look <laughs> terrible in the photograph and you're still allowed to keep it. Um, I'm driven about things I care about and things I, and things I don't care about. I, I'm, I don't care about at all. Um, and am I adaptive? I don't know. Individualist, dramatic. Oh, I'm so dramatic. Self-absorbed at times and temperamental, super temperamental. I'm all of these things. I have a mental illness is what I'm learning here. Isolated, (laughs) secretive. I'm not isolated or secretive. Innovative. It's funny. Because of the podcast being innovative, but I don't think of myself as innovative. Um, engaging, responsible. I'm responsible. I think I'm delightful. Is delightful engaging the same thing? Um, anxious and suspicious. Hmm. I'm not anxious. And I'm not suspicious. I know you people are out there trying to screw me. Uh, so <laughs> I don't think I'm scattered or distractible. I'm up to the enthusiast. Now, you guys should check this out. Uh, you can definitely distract me, um, and I'm not very versatile. Spontaneous, I think I pretend to be spontaneous, if that makes sense. I yeah. And now here's self-confident. I project self-confidence, but I don't personally feel self-confident. Uh, I'm not decisive. I need to think things through from like 9,000 different angles. Um, willful, no. Confrontational, less as I get older. Uh, um, and peacemaker. Agreeable, I'm not agreeable. Complacent, I'm not complacent. Reassuring, um, not necessarily. Oh, so the peacemaker is peacemaker for other people. Like, how does your, how does how you are impact the people around you? Is that kind of the idea? Of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I took it that way. Yeah, yeah, you, you took it. Th- so you didn't seem insane. You took it that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the the cool thing about these is that you can take it with your partner and like understand each other better because when they do something like when i'm a perfectionist max will be like oh that's just her 
Mm-hmm. She's just going to stare at that clarity report for days and See, until she figures it out. How long have you been married? Well, we ha- well, we we say that we're husband and wife, but we're getting married finally. Oh, finally. Well, don't worry about that. How long have you been together? It'll be four years. Okay. Um, yeah. So when you're together longer, you might have this experience. If I brought Kelly up here right now and told her, for instance, that I am, let's see, hold on, let's pick one that, you know, uh, let, there was one here. This is just how I am. No, yeah, but no, if I, if I said that I'm driven, exa- for example, she would completely disagree with that. And, and she would not let me have my belief that I'm driven. She would stand here and beat out the idea from me that I'm driven. She'd be like, no, you're not. And then she'd give me examples of why I'm not. And then I'd give her examples of why I am. And she'd say, uh, don't argue. <laughs> and so then that would end. She just, she, you know, she's a different view of me than other people do, um, which mm-hmm. I, think, I think is good sometimes. It's grounding to not yeah. have somebody agree with you all the time. All right, Tori, Absolutely. is there anything we have not said that you want to say? Um, well... His A1C was 11.9 at diagnosis and three months in and having the Dexcom for only two months, we brought it down to 6%. Wow. That's amazing. What is it now? His next endo appointments next week. And I have a feeling it'll be either 6% still because we have been dealing with a lot of toddler sickie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the you know, awesome. graphs have been a little wonky, awesome. but, um, I think it'll be around 5.7 to 6%. On sugar main, it tells me like it might be around 5.7 and the clarity report says 6%. So, I mean, we've been really steady right around there. I think that's lovely. I also think it's amazing that people who listen to this podcast are like, uh, you can hear in your voice, the disappointment of saying 6%, but you're just like, <laughs> I don't know. Things have been going wrong. So uh, yeah. yeah, his blood sugar has been like around 150. For a few days, yeah, and you know that's problems. horrible. <laughs> we've had problems. I, at Arden's last A1C, um, they now they play that game that you know I don't think they do it with everybody, but they're like, "What do you think it's going to be?" And I was like, "Uh, five seven. <laughs> and she goes, "She goes, why?" Uh, I said we were five five last time, and I said, yeah. and I said, and I don't, and, and being genuine for a minute, I don't really see the difference between five five and five seven. I'm, I'm yeah. in that space. I'm more concerned about variability and like limiting spikes and lows and things like that. Yes. But, and I was looking at that as well. And our um, standard deviations around 30. But, but the thing is, is when she said, why do you think it's gone up? I was like, ah, oh, we've had a lot of problems this time. <laughs> and she l- laughed at me. She goes, so you've had a lot of problems, have you? And I said, yes. And she goes, and you believe that your A1, her A1C is going to go up 0.2? And I was like, yeah. But I think that, that <laughs> you can look at that and think of me and you as crazy. Or you can look at that and see it for what it is, which is that we're, I, I can speak for myself, I'm so confident in what I'm doing that mm-hmm. that I, Arden's A1C is not going to just jump up if we continue to do what we do. And so we're talking about tighter tolerances because that's where the tools we use live. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, I... There's there it would be inconceivable of me uh, for me to believe that her A1C could, for instance, go from five seven this time to um six five next time. Like I don't understand yeah. uh, that couldn't happen unless something catastrophic happened to our insulin delivery or her health or something like that. Like in a normal regular situation, it's not gonna move around like that. And no. 
You know what I mean? Like, it's sort of like when you get in a car with somebody who's been driving for 30 years. You're just like, this ride's going to be fine. Like, you know, like they've just, they, this is how he does, you know, like this. Happens and the hospital told me, they were like, well, you might not always have such a tight range because he's going to keep growing. He's going to keep, you know, going through growth spurts and eventually puberty. And I do understand that. And right now we're in a very blissful stage, but with the honeymoon ending, we were on like a one to 50 ratio, just like a few months ago I'm gonna, for dinner. I'm going to tell you with your understanding of how the insulin works, I would say that from a from a, an emotional standpoint, I think that's good advice for you that it it could fluctuate around. That's not going to be the oh for well. sure. And and I will also tell you that on the hopeful side of my betting, I don't think that's going to happen to you. So uh-huh. I think you know what you're doing, and so so when insulin needs increase, I mm-hmm. think I, I think see it right away. Yeah, and you'll increase with it. What what happens? Yeah, and to, that's what we did. What happens to most people is their insulin needs increase, and they spend a good three to six weeks really trying to pick the situation apart. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. It, it happened like like two days. I saw that we weren't doing the same. Like we were giving the same dinner. I I some days I'll give the same dinner over and over again until I get it right. <laughs> Do exactly what I did, except add another unit. <laughs> and oh, so that's you- what I did. And so I. I noticed that last night it worked out in my favor, except he had like a little bit of a protein and fat spike three to four hours afterwards. And I went in and I took it down right away. And then this morning, for example, it was like a one to eight ratio. And I was like, that's because I didn't give him 10 extra carbs like I would have. And I just did an extra unit and... And I said, well, mom, here's a fruit pouch while I do this podcast that's if he good. goes low. That's <laughs> but he that's, didn't. That's He's steady at 108 right now. Mm, that is great for people to hear. You made me feel like I have to let you go after this because I actually have to record another one today. But um, that what you just made me feel like was I've been watching For All Mankind on Apple Plus, And it's sort of a fictional retelling of the space race. And you made me feel like that you were in the capsule running a test. And you got outside of preference, uh, out of parameters, and you just were like, "Do it again!" Like, like with the new, yeah. with the same meal over and over again. You're like, "That didn't go right. We'll do it again tomorrow. We'll do it again tomorrow." And and it works. Like, I mean, you can't do. Everybody can't do exactly that. But no. but it's the idea that you realized, like, I just there's something. There's a small adjustment in here. Let me make it again. And then you figure it out. And then those adjustments work for other meals. Am I right about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What oh you yeah. Learned for from sure. It. Okay. All right, Tori, listen, you're chatty, so obviously we could do this forever. But um, <laughs> I'm going to go interview the – hold on a second. I am going to interview Rick Doubleday. He's the chief something officer from Dexcom, and that will actually be out tonight. So Great. there's going to be a, um, an episode with him and the a guy from Omnipod, and they're going to talk about um, – the agreements they all just signed together uh, about working together for the horizon closed loop system. And, and I guess the Dexcom guy will probably talk about the, um, you know, the other companies that they have agreements with in place for G six and G seven for people to be continuing to develop, uh, you know, closed loop algorithms for the different pumps. So Very cool. cool stuff. All right. I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. See you in two days. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, <laughs> I'll see you then. All right. Bye-bye. Little did I know that would be the last time I'd ever speak in public. Anyway. Oh, thanks so much to the Contour Next One blood glucose meter. 
Go to contournext.com forward slash juice box to get that rockin' meter. And of course, the T1D Exchange. Absolutely anonymous, super safe, HIPAA compliant, worth your time. T1DExchange.org forward slash juice box. Guys, do you have a great doctor that you'd like to share with someone else, or are you looking for one? I am in the middle of building an amazing list at juiceboxdocs.com. You can take a doc or leave one, just like that little penny thing, you know, at the uh, gas station. Take a penny, leave a penny. It's the same thing, except with doctors. Juiceboxdocs.com.